Shared parenting does make it easy. I'm your host, Chris Batchelor, and this is the Parent Time Podcast. Parent Time Podcast is presented by National Parents Organization, a national nonprofit who is working hard to bring shared parenting nationwide. On today's show, we talk with Doug French, the co-creator of the Dad 2.0 Summit. We talk about dads in the media. The Dad 2.0 Summit is for dads and bloggers. It's also for marketing and PR folks that want to ensure that they have dads and dad issues covered in their marketing. The Dad 2.0 Summit is held annually and has keynotes, breakouts, workshops, spotlight readings, and sponsor networking. And also, well, lots of dads. With that, let's listen to my interview with Doug French of the Dad 2.0 Summit. Uh, My name is Doug French, and uh, I am very happy to have been... uh... Uh, one of the co-founders of the Dad 2.0 Summit, which began, as I mentioned, um, 10 years ago today. Uh, it's essentially a discussion about, um, I mean, at the time, there were a lot of discussions about about moms. And uh, because moms were still kind of the default caregivers, and in many cases still are, I mean, much far less so than they used to be, which is good. Because what we've said the whole time is if you want to take women seriously taking care of business, you want to take men seriously taking care of kids. You know, you have to just, it's a zero-sum game in terms of how many hours there are in the day. And um, making women the default caregivers in every circumstance is actually terrible for both men and women uh, in terms of uh, burdening women with undue expectations about how all the default uh, caregiving needs to fall on their shoulders, as we've seen during COVID. So um, um, there were a lot of uh, uh, mom and, and uh, conferences at the time, and a few of them were changing their name to parent and trying to bring more dads involved, but they still stayed mostly mom-centric. And uh, there is a Mom 2.0 Summit, which is three years older than we are. And uh, so when the time came for mom to consider involving dads, the decision was made, rightly so, rather than just turn mom into parent, let's have a dad conference. Let's have a conference with the word dad in the title, just to make sure that when concerns that uh, 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 pertain particularly to fathers, we just make sure that, um, uh, that they stay at the forefront. So um, you know, our sponsor-driven model is is based on influencer marketing and blogging and working with brands and so forth, which is an important consideration. But fact is, uh, even if you have no um, desire to do any of that, I mean, we obviously want to find ways to uh, sustain ourselves. But even if you um, don't want to be an influencer, you can't really be one unless you find your rhythm as a uh, as a a writer and as a father and as a man. And so that's what we spend most of our time talking about, how masculinity is changing, how um, the definition of strength should involve the ability to care for someone, uh, to be, um, to be a, a capable parent, which, which a lot of men are and a lot of men would like to be more of. And so we spend a lot of time talking about what's, what's keeping dads back, what, um, what fears they have, what um, what skills they may not have been raised with that they need to learn. And um, like when you have shared parenting, so much of um, so much of your knowledge, so much of your fear comes from a lack of knowledge. So the more you know about your rights as a parent, the more assuredly you'll you'll um, 
go about your business as a parent and as a divorced parent in particular. Yeah, I think that's such an important conversation to have. I mean, so often uh, when we talk about shared parenting, there's this perception that that men aren't held back at all. And I, I think when it comes to the family sphere, um, you know, certainly uh, there there's a, a bit of a disadvantage there. Uh, I, I'm obviously, particularly when you go into court, but I think there's also some social uh, disadvantages. Um, I mean, we've been seeing, you know, changing stations show up in more and more men's bathrooms. Uh, but for a long time there, if you had a baby, it, it, there was a hard place to find, uh, you know, a place to go change them. So, um, you know, over the time that, that you've been doing DAB 2.0, uh, you know, what sort of changes have you seen? Oh, in terms of uh, custody discussions or in terms of just fatherhood in general? Well, I think, I think just fatherhood in general. I mean, I know with custody, we, we're definitely making progress, uh, you know, getting some of the laws changed. But, but on a larger level, from a societal level, um, you know, I think that, they're, that we're changing the paradigm as well. Oh, I think so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's the greater goal of the message. I mean, we started 10 years ago with the idea about let's, um, let's talk about how dads are portrayed on, um, on TV, on an ads and so forth. I mean, it was only it was an image problem more than anything else, because we all know the power of image. We know how, uh, in some cases, the strongest idea of what fatherhood is comes from what uh, kid sees on TV for whatever reason. So, yeah, I mean, I think the typical image that people have of dads in the media, I mean, I go back to Al Bundy, right? Sitting there with his hands halfway down his pants and making noises and, you know, occasionally being funny, but not helping out around the house and kind of being a smart aleck. And, and I think that's how dads are portrayed a lot in the media, but that's, that's not really how dads are. Well, that was kind of the, uh, the backlash against the whole father's no father knows best paradigm from the, from the fifties and sixties, the whole idea that, that, uh, the patriarch of the family was the all knowing person who should be, uh, revered and was flawless. And that was kind of built up as a false trope back then. So when the time came to react to that, obviously the first, the biggest target was someone, I mean, comedy is meant to punch up, you know, and, uh, and that kind of the, the pendulum uh, swung all the way to the other side. And you had, super dopey uh dads even like um uh the the rabbit on um the amazing world of gumball you know these are what kids are seeing even now uh i mean that dad is just criminally stupid uh but it's it's a damn funny show and if you watch that show it, it pays to have conversations about it you know just to say this is a satire this is a cartoon this is not a real fatherly image Right. But it's also, you look at, uh, I mean, one of the big serendipitous aspects of our first Dad 2.0 uh, in 2012 was um, there was an ad campaign by um, Huggies Diapers that was all about, you know, we put our diapers up to the, the ultimate challenge, a week with dad. And it just showed a bunch of dads, you know, kids are miserable in their high chairs and the dads are like playing ukulele and helplessly trying to just like, oh, smile now. And they just have no idea how to kind of comfort a child uh, and attend to what it needs. Uh, and there was a huge backlash because not only did the dad say, look, that's not me. I know better than these guys. The wives were like, that's not my husband. He knows better than that. So rather than run and hide, there'd been gaffes like this before. But the Huggies people instead, Kimberly Clark came to see us in Austin in 2012. 
they said, uh, can we come down and maybe ask around and find out what went wrong? And I was a ecstatic. I'll, you know, I said, I'll carry you from the airport myself because this is exactly what dad 2.0 is meant to be a conversation between dads and media and marketers to try and get a better understanding about how we can coexist. And these three men, these three dads came down and said, what did we do wrong? And we answered a question with a question and said, what do you think? Are, are, are you that dad? Right. And they're like, well, not so much. And then thinking, well, maybe put away your rule book and think more about what life is around you. So, uh, and they, and they, it was a great success story because given the, the feedback they got from coming to dad 2.0, they recut all their ads and made it about how dads were capable with diapers. Uh, and that was, that was a, a, a keystone. I think that was an enormous sea change in terms of how, um, not only had dads, uh, spoken up and said, wait a minute, no, we're not going to take this anymore, but also a brand didn't just, uh, hide from the discussion they they uh ran it right in with this chin first with a mea culpa and a lot of great came of it yeah i think that's so important when a brand um you know missteps like that for them to really step up to the plate and and do the right thing and um and and i've followed dad 2.0 for a while and you have other corporate uh folks that you've worked with too right sure yeah we've had long-standing sponsors for a long time and we really like the fact that they they're there to as much to learn about um, influencing and how dads can help their um, their their marketing um, powers, but they also get it. They also know that um, dads are an important part of child rearing. And in many cases, there are women executives from these uh, from from these groups, from these companies, whose husbands are stay-at-home fathers or just are more home more with the kids than they are. And so they live that experience firsthand. But in many cases, uh, they're able to advance in their careers as well as they do because they have really capable fathers who will, who can handle any situation. And they want to make that clear and, and celebrate that because, again, that's how you get a more equitable workplace by recognizing that every family should have the right to play to its strengths and recognize that if one parent, regardless of sex or gender, is the better uh, earner, assuming, you know, you can even get by on one income anymore. But the fact is, if those we're all about choices for families and recognizing that we're all going to be a lot better off once we recognize that um, flexibility and uh, how we work and how we raise our kids is paramount. Yeah, certainly the the one size fits all model is is just not applicable anymore. It's just it's just an outdated model. And, and I want to talk a little bit too, uh, because Dad 2.0 isn't just for the big corporate sponsors. Uh, you have lots of bloggers and and other folks. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who else comes to the conference and you know and and sort of what they do. Well, uh, the um, the conference itself arose out of blogging as a father. I myself started blogging when my now 19 year old son was a year and a half old, 15 months or something. And, uh, the whole idea was to just put forth the fatherhood experience in a much more first person way in a narrative way. And I just wanted to do it for the sake of leaving a, a, uh, an archive for my kids to read someday, because I would love to have known, I like the whole back to the future model. I would love to have a chat with my father, uh, when he knew he was about to be a dad. 
And um, that's why I love that one scene in Avengers Endgame so much when uh, when Tony Stark talks to Howard about being an expectant father. Uh, and I think um, when you come to Dad 2.0, your goal is to uh, find your people. I mean, the internet still to this day, the, the, the best resource of the internet is to find your people and to recognize that you're not alone. Um, there are plenty of stay-at-home dads who will come from areas of the country where they're still looked on as a very curious uh, novelty. They have a really tough time breaking in with other moms at the playground. It just, there's just still a bit of skepticism involved in that. And you come to Dad 2.0 to recharge your batteries. You come to recognize that there are dads who've lived through that experience and who have survived it, you know, to pass it down. And that's especially true if you're among the divorced parent community. And I learned that when I went through my divorce, because people who'd been through the weeds, they came out the other side and their first instinct was to pay it forward, just as mine was when my social life settled down and my ex-wife and I became the co-parents we are. We've been at this now since uh, 2008. So, <coughs> excuse me. And when you've been co-parents, as long as we have, you develop that rhythm of mutual respect. And I feel very lucky in that regard. I mean, I did do, I put a lot of work into it, but the work you put in has to have a place to go. And there are plenty of people who are working real hard to be the best co-parents they can be and finding a brick wall from the other parent. So I think that the point is like, it's, it's a, it's a pay it forward scenario. It's a, you know, we'll talk about um, all sorts of uh, topics from how to write better, from how to, if you want to start a YouTube channel, if you want to monetize your Instagram feed, then those are all things that that um, people with more professional um, aspirations will look into. But we'll also talk about um, one of our uh, one of our most popular panels of all time was the whole idea that if you see a, a father. And I think it was it was inspired by Michael Chabon's book, uh, Manhood for Amateurs. You know, he had a plan, a a, a column in, in Details Magazine about fatherhood and how the bar was so low for a man to be a good parent. And uh, when you see a man out with his kids, your first thought might be, "Wow, he's doing such a great uh, job with his kids. He must have had a great father himself." And the sad truth is more often than not, that's not the case. That's actually, there are plenty of dads out there who are making this choice to be nurturing hands-on parents because, you know, and in some way to make up for whatever flaws their own relationship with their fathers had. So we had a discussion about that, that just blew up. It, uh, that was the year that uh, we were, we were in New Orleans and we were there during Super Bowl weekend and Dad 2 Summit, the hashtag outtrended the Super Bowl. Wow. Because we were talking about how dads struggle with how many how many dads need to build their own fatherhood from the ground up because they just don't have the mentors that uh, I think that every father needs. Uh, just because, again, it wasn't we, we, we were socialized not to expect that. And now we are. Um in fact, I'm looking forward to on the podcast, we're going to interview uh, Armin Brat, who was basically the only author in town. When my son, my first son was born, he wrote a book called The Expectant Father. It's an iconic thing. You got like, and it's also 
tells about the understanding at the time because the cover was uh, you know man from the shoulders down wearing a button down um, shirt uh, and a tie and uh, yeah little you know those little plastic baby car keys in his in his chest pocket uh, and he that was the only game in town if you wanted to learn more about how to be a dad that was pretty much it and now he's rebooting it for the third time his new his new editions coming out. And he learned a lot how to evolve his business, which was just based on the book. I mean, social media has come out as a, as a more powerful tool since then. And he will say he learned a lot about how to uh, adapt what he built back in the 80s and 90s uh, into a modern brand based upon some of the stuff he learned at Dad 2.0. Well, that's awesome. And uh, is it is it just about the conference or is there stuff that people can get, uh, you know, are the resources online that people can get all year round? Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned that because we did make the point before the pandemic hit. The idea was, um, you know, we were always Dad 2.0 Summit, and and which meant we had a meeting once a year. But I wanted to expand our editorial reach. You know, the podcast started, our weekly columns started, our newsletters started. The whole idea, as we've learned, that one of the best ways to uh, speak to your community is to address them directly, like with a podcast, with a newsletter, with something that your community can subscribe to directly without having to rely on whatever algorithms your social media platforms happen to be employing that day. So the time came, I was like, wait a minute, we need to be a, a year long. So we, the, the decision was made though, we need to be more of a year long presence. And so we changed our name and used to be dad2summit.com and now it's dad2.com because we wanted to be a year-long resource where you can talk to, uh, you can find people that you want to connect with. Um, in our Facebook groups, we have a lot of conversations all year round, so that when you finally come to a summit, it's that weird scenario when you've never met a person before, but you know them really well. That's right. always a great, that's a, the weirdest reunion ever. Uh, and so now, rather than be a summit with some editorial stuff, year-round now we're a year-round presence that also happens to have a summit once a year and that's going to change too because we uh we're aware of the fact that people need to meet more often and more regionally and so when you think about the opportunity rather than have one big event once a year we can have four or five and that way uh, one of the great things about uh, the facebook group is whenever we talk about open up debate about where the next conference is going to be there's, there are a lot of impatient pleas to, you know, please come to us. And for the longest time, you know, we met in February, which was prohibitive in a lot of places. You just don't want to be in Chicago in, in February. But if we expand that now and meet at all times of the year, we can be much more flexible and we can meet in places like Indianapolis or Minneapolis or Denver or places that normally would be uh, a bit more of a hassle in the dead of winter. So tell me, uh, you know, when's the next event coming up and, and what do you have planned for this year? Well, that is the $64,000 question, isn't it? Um, and those of you who are not of a certain age, you should Google what $64,000 question means. Uh, um, in fact, that's it predates me in a way, but that's one of my, you know, it's a game show from way back in the day. Anyway, um, that that is the $64,000 question, isn't it? And I think... Um, Things are moving very rapidly. I did a poll um, right around 
the beginning of the year asking, you know, just as an informal question about when do you think the right time to meet again would be? And um, the overwhelming answer was wait until 22. And this was before uh, the vaccines came out. This is before the vaccine uh, implementation had accelerated so rapidly. Um, but we're also, you know, we're seeing outbreaks in places all over. There are people who, depending upon whom you talk to, are saying that some of these openings are too premature. But we know Texas is wide open now. We know California will be wide open by mid-June. So, uh, and we know um, that our, there are events that are happening in the fall. And th th the only question is to gauge people's willingness to, um, to travel and be a part of them. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of effort um, to, to get to a conference, to speak at a conference, you know, to book your room, to spend a lot of money. And um, I think the good news is, uh, you know, and for many people, I mean, our last conference was right before the pandemic hit. We, we finished up on leap day, uh, in 2020 and within a couple of weeks, most of places were locked down. So if we can also be one of the first events that people attend on the way back to kind of, um, get people back out into society and, you know, wearing pants with with belts and <laughs> yeah, uh, all those emerging things we from had to do. Uh, yeah, emerging from sweatpants and bread and uh, crumbs on your chest. That, that's going to be a big undertaking, but we want to be a part of that. Well, that's awesome. I, I, you know, there's just so much stuff available now, and and the resources that that you guys provide are are invaluable. I mean, it, just being part of a, a community, I think for for me sometimes is so important because. Uh, you don't feel so alone and you're like, wow, there's, there's other people like me that care about this stuff that are out there and they're very passionate about it. And, and just having the opportunity to connect with people like that, I think is invaluable. Yeah. You want to have reliable sources on things. And I think, um, you know, given the nature of media as it is, I mean, we need to teach our kids a lot about media literacy and algorithm literacy and question things and question the source of things. And, if you can develop a connection with someone you meet at a conference, um, you know, we are, it seems quixotic at times, but the bottom line is we're really into in-person interaction because that's really the best way you can still size up someone as a friend, as a colleague, as a partner, as uh, any level of person from whom you can derive the information you rely on. So if you can build up a connection with a bunch of dads whose opinions you trust, uh, that's a huge resource that, again, is the kind of knowledge base that can offset whatever fears you have about how little you feel you know, especially if you're about to divorce your partner and about to go at this uh, as, a, as a single father. You need to know that there are a lot of people who have been through it and um, who have some unique experiences about um, what's worked and what hasn't and are more than willing to share them. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So, um, tell us again, how can people connect with, uh, the dad 2.0 conference and, and all the great stuff that you have online? Well, uh, we are at, as I say, dad two dad and the number com is our main hub. Uh, there you'll see our blog and you'll see our, uh, our list of podcast episodes. We've done, uh, 
78 or 79, uh, we come out, a new podcast comes out every Monday, and that's available everywhere you uh, download your podcast. If you are a listener, thank you, and please rate us if you feel inspired. Um, and our social media is all Dad2Summit, Dad and the number two Summit, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that's basically where we're focused now. I mean, there have been opportunities. We're on LinkedIn as well. We, we were on Pinterest. We have a YouTube channel. But the main three that we focus on for now are those initial three, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, that's where all our, in, our, that's where all our um, announcements will be. You can also go to dad2.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And you will get, um, we get, we publish that fortnightly. We do um, Fatherhood on the 1st. And fatherhood on the 15th. And so every two weeks you can get information about some of the favorite stories that we've seen in the news. Um, some of the interesting things that I think dad should be aware of and mom should be aware of. And all, I think, and, and, and influencers should be aware of. Um, families should be aware of. Employers should be aware of. There's a lot of really fascinating news about fathers that sometimes doesn't get all the oxygen it needs. And my goal is to compile it on our Twitter feeds and, uh, on our, and our Instagram feed and compile a digest for that so people can kind of see what they may have missed. Well, Doug, thanks for joining us today. We'll be sure to put those links on our social media so people can check those out. And uh, thank you again for all the work that you do and, and bringing awareness to uh, dads everywhere. And, uh, and keep up the great work. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, that was recorded on video, so if you want to go ahead and watch the video, you can find the link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And if you have any questions, you can contact National Parents Organization at sharedparenting.org. Don't forget to like National Parents Organization on social media. Just go ahead and do a Facebook search for National Parents Organization and smash the like button. You're also going to find several Facebook pages for different state chapters, so go ahead and like those pages as well. And don't forget, you can also follow National Parents Organization on Twitter or LinkedIn. The links to those social media sites are on the sharedparenting.org website. If you're passionate about shared parenting, the best thing you can do is get involved. And the best way to do that is by contacting your state chapter. If you head over to the sharedparenting.org website, you can find the links to your state chapter and then contact them directly to take action and volunteer. We could also use your help with donations. National Parents Organization is a nationally recognized nonprofit registered in Massachusetts. To donate, visit sharedparenting.org and click the Take Action and then Donate. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Tell us what you think on social media or by going to the sharedparenting.org website and sending us a message. Fill out that contact form and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear about what you think about the show or what you want to hear on the show, those sorts of things. So go ahead and, and send us a message. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Chris Batchelor. Thanks for listening, and together we can help bring shared parenting nationwide. <laughs>